Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Z Dunks and the Wild Man. I am Joe Samansky, aka the Wild Man. I'm Z Dunks. And we are here because last weekend, ladies and gentlemen, it was wild card weekend in the National Football League. We're going to be going these by order of game. So let's start off with the first game of the whole weekend. Had the Colts go to Houston and take down the Houston Texans. 21-7. to seven. This so, wasn't shocking for me. I mean, this wasn't shocking for you? Let's go over some of the stats. Uh, well, as we all know, uh, T.Y. Uh, has been known to shred the Texans in the past. But uh, Marlon Mack was actually the weapon in this game. Uh, 24 attempts, 148 yards, a touchdown. And as always, a good general in the playoffs can lead any team. Luck, 1932, 222 yards, two duddies, and an interception. And T.Y., 5-7 for 85 yards. On the other side, Deshaun Watson led his team in passing and rushing. Mm-hmm. 29-49, 235 yards, a tutty and a pick, and then eight attempts for 76 yards. And Kiki Cootie, mm. the rookie, led the team with 11 receptions for 110 yards. Well, yeah, it has to be a bit rough for that Texans receiving core. A lot of injuries. Demarius Thomas and Wolf Fuller, of course, both sustained season-ending injuries at different times of the year. But I think a big thing here was that it was the return of the Mac. Marlon <laughs> Mack has showed himself to really be one of the hot young running back prospects in the league. And then again, proves that you don't need to force a high pick on a running back in the National Football League. Mack, when he's healthy, looks like the real deal. It looks like he is a big part of the Colts being able to spread out offense and not just being the air raid that they usually were before Andrew Luck had his big shoulder injury and not just being the air raid. Having someone like Mac is big. I mean, 148 yards on the ground. He had a huge game. Got two big first downs in the game to clinch it. It's actually the Colts' uh, all-time rushing postseason record in a single wow. game. I mean, it's it's he he has had definitely a very good season. He's been able to stay healthy for most of it. He's been a big part. He can catch the ball. He can obviously run the ball. And he's just been a big part of that Colts' offense. And that's a big win. The six seed gets the big win on the road. Houston continue... Uh, their playoff struggles. Still one of their only playoff wins is against an Oakland Raiders team that had Connor Cook starting yeah. at quarterback. So that's one of, I believe, my. I think that's actually the only playoff win right yeah, now in I mean, Houston Texans history. And a lot of those have been at home. Uh, a lot of questions were surrounding if Bill O'Brien would keep his job if the Houston's had another disappointing season. Obviously, they made the playoffs. It was a pretty good regular season, so it seems like O'Brien... Staves off the hot seat for another year. Making the playoffs isn't really their problem, though. They've yeah. made the playoffs, what, three of the last four years? and they uh, win, Something like that. They win the AFC South a good bit recently. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is fans, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily care about playoffs if you're not going to win any games yeah, at the fans a are, point. The fans are beginning to have that certain show of expectations where, like, hey, we need to start winning stuff now. And the Texans remain the only team in the NFL without a conference championship appearance. Yeah. So, but of course, the second game that night, and this one was a very good game in my opinion. I got to watch uh, most of the game I was able to watch. Had the Cowboys for the first time in a little, in a bit, in a bit here. In the first oh, time yeah. in a bit, well, I think the third time in this millennium for the Cowboys. Uh, they get a playoff win. They take down a strong and hot Seattle Seahawks team at home, 24-22. to A uh, big game, a good game for Russell Wilson, 18 for 27, 233, and a touchdown. Uh, but I think and what we can see is probably a big factor of the success for the Cowboys this game. Shut down that dangerous rushing attack for the Seahawks. 
Rashard Penny only had 29 yards on the ground. Tyler Lockett caught the ball for 120 yards, only had four receptions. And we talked about this, I think, last week. What the Cowboys needed to do to win was that Zach De- uh, uh, excuse me, Dak Prescott had to have an efficient and effective game without too many mistakes. That's what he did. 226 passing, a touchdown, no picks, and let Zeke run the ball 137 yards for a touchdown. Big game and a big win for the Seahawks, uh, for the Cowboys in their quest to maybe try and get back to a Super Bowl. I don't know about that. Well, maybe not about, let's not go that far, but we're just saying in their potential quest, that's a big step forward for a lot of young guys on this franchise. I mean, Zeke had a good game, too. I mean, 26 attempts for 137 yards and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. the Seahawks couldn't stop Zeke, and the Cowboys stopped Russell. Yep. And that's pretty much what happened, and that's why they won that game. We also have a big deal that Sebastian Janikowski, of course, hurt his leg. That really odd injury if you actually watch that game. Yeah. Uh, really odd. I mean, chance to really pull within a point before yeah. halftime, 10, down 10-6. I mean, Pulls his leg pretty big. Big leg pull. I mean, he's an old guy, Seabass. I mean, I don't know how much they were really expecting out of a veteran kicker. He's reliable, yeah. just like Venetary, but Venetary can keep himself from injured, uh, getting injured. And yeah. honestly, Cowboys didn't play a great game, uh, not by any means. They no. played a they played a solid game, uh, and they played well enough to win, and that's all you need in the playoffs. Exactly. And I feel bad for anybody who uh, had their money on Russell Wilson. I mean, I believed in that team, but – is didn't have the players on defense, and you could see that. Yeah, down too the much stretch. experience on defense, especially I think in that front seven, which has been very much depleted. Yes. Over this kind of offseason with a lot of players. I mean, you still have Bobby Wagner there, but the D line was a, depleted of a lot of experience. The Absolutely. secondary was depleted of a lot of experience. Well, that's what I was going to say. The secondary, like Shaquille Griffin, uh, he got burnt by Mark yeah. Cooper on one play in the fourth quarter, and it went like 40 some yards. Like, just. That's the inexperience that'll kill you in the playoffs, and yep. it's what was the uh, Achilles heel of this mm-hmm. team. Uh, also, uh, inexperienced uh, players at safety, maybe not superstars like Bradley McDougal yeah. and Thompson back there. Like mm-hmm. They just lack that star power with uh, Earl Thomas gone this year, and yeah. possible we'll see Earl Thomas somewhere else next offseason. Yeah, maybe even Dallas we've heard a lot of talk about. Even Wouldn't Dallas, that be interesting? But, yeah, I mean, you have to give a good season. You have to give respect to the Seahawks. It was a good season for them. They didn't have a lot of expectations coming in the year. A lot of people said that they would probably be starting a rebuilding process this year. But uh, Pete Carroll gets his team back on track, gets this team back on track. It's obviously that the younger guys bought into that system that Carroll brings and that Russell Wilson still very much buys in that system. Yeah, absolutely. Which uh, Seahawks still set up for success, and obviously the management core there has been smart enough, in which that's what you need to build good teams is solid management. Obviously, the Seahawks have brought that. Something to build off for the future. Exactly. All right, on to the next game. Uh, First on Sunday. First 1 o'clock Sunday game. Uh, The Chargers went into Baltimore and pulled out what ended up being a tighter game than expected, if you watched the majority of it. Uh, Ravens stormed back, scored uh, about two touchdowns in the last, like, what, four or five minutes of the game? I think last six minutes of the game. It was a lot tighter than... uh, The game, the score shows a lot tighter than what the game... The game really was. Okay. Uh, Phil Rivers, 22 of 32, 160 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 70 attempts, 40 yards, a tutty. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, 
Great we'll get to this. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to this later on the talented core of the Chargers. Two receptions, 42 yards. Lamar Jackson led his team in passing and rushing. See, oh, I'm noticing a constant stat line. The QBs who lead their team in passing and rushing, those teams both lost this weekend. Um, yeah. Maybe that's just an indicator you couldn't get the ground game going, so you mm-hmm. needed to scramble more. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 14-29, uh 94 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Most of those yards came in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, also, nine attempts on the ground for 54 yards. And uh, Kent Dixon, uh, three receptions, 53 yards. The rookie, leading the way again. Yeah. So I, I mean, know. for me, I think the big takeaway, and has I think because they won a lot, it wasn't as highlighted as much. But I think it became very prevalent today that Lamar Jackson has issues with the NFL land level handling the football and keeping it safe. I mean, he had three fumbles of his own personally. Uh, one of them, or occurring this was at the end of the game, by the Chargers to clinch the game. Uh, he had two earlier, like in the first quarter, that set his team back. They weren't able to get anything going early when the Chargers were kind of wearing their defense, was able to kind of stymie the Chargers a little bit. And, uh, you know, they had another fumble in the red zone, multiple fumbles there that was picked up. Just, you know, holding on to the ball was a big issue for the Ravens, obviously, in this game. And also a big deal for the Chargers that they were able to make their field goal, something that really hasn't been seen out of San Diego a lot the past 10 years. Uh, Not a kicker. Uh, Big game by that young rookie kicker, I think Bagley his name is. Uh, He had a big game. I think went 5-for-5 on the field goal list. A big, big game. Badgley. He had a big game for him, which is not, again, so not something we're really expecting <laughs> out of the Chargers usually, but it was able to happen. They made it work. Just like a playoff win. We weren't expecting yeah. either, but they got both. So They got both. The Chargers defense also, in my opinion, looks legit. That team Absolutely. looks very good. We'll see what they can do next week against the New England Patriots in Foxborough. That will be my game to watch, in my opinion. That's Absolutely. the game to watch for me. I think New England's... Uh, as much as they have uh, been undefeated at home so far, that's buoyed by being able to play uh, both the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills all at home this year. And I believe that also includes a Raiders game at home this year. So not exactly the strongest schedule for the Patriots. I think the Chargers are going to be one of their biggest competitors at home this year. That's going to give them a lot of problems. Well, the Chargers are undefeated on the road this year. And the Chargers have been one of the best road teams. So we're going to have to see someone. something's going to have to break. The unstoppable force meets the movable object. object. Yeah. So we shall see how that goes. We shall goes. see. Um, a, lot, mean, a lot of potential I see on this Chargers team. Uh, Justin receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Williams, Mike Williams. Uh, Keen Allen's coming just back to good form. team. It is, I think, the best built team in the playoffs right, right now. now. If you look at the Colts, great quarterback. A lot of unknown names on secondary. The Colts essentially are the Seahawks of the AFC. That's how I see yeah. it. Uh, the Patriots, just not who they used to be. Lost Josh Gordon. They can pick up wins against the Jets and Bills because anybody can, essentially. Yeah. I mean, Except yeah. Except the Jags. But, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> uh, for a later time. Let's forget about that. Um, I just I don't see it. Chiefs, hella star power on the offense side of the ball. Defensive side, yeah. not there. It's not there. And... I honestly don't see any team built the way San Diego's built. They got playmakers like Casey Hayward and uh, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. They're stacked. Derwin James is another name. They're stacked on both sides of the ball. Plus, they have a veteran QB. And I think maybe Rivers hasn't beat Brady, I don't think, in his career. And I think maybe that changes this Sunday. I think Rivers is – he's finally getting his opportunity again to be hungry – to be willing to be strong. He finally has an opportunity. 
as a quarterback, really, to make that maybe this is finally Philip Rivers' year. This is his team. This, this is this the is team me. to beat Brady. Brady. Brady's weak. Brady's older. The O line isn't as old. good. Gronk isn't showing. Not yeah. as good. And I feel like if they can get pressure on Brady, that's what. If you watch every every game the Pats lost, they lost to five non-playoff teams, yeah. which maybe a little bit alarming that they could only beat certain teams but they lost to the games they should have won essentially yeah. uh but i think other teams should look at the film especially of those games they lost early on mm-hmm. and find out where that team was weak because they lost a couple games early on because of lack of receivers mm-hmm. without gordon they're right back to where they were at the beginning of the season yeah because gordon filled in he supplemented a lot of those big play gaps middle yeah. of the season they picked it up they don't have him anymore. So you're going to see a regression back to week one. Yeah. They're going to look to use James White, <clears throat> Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle. They are going to abuse the backfield. Mm-hmm. And they're going to try to get it to Edelman and Hogan. But I doubt you're going to see a lot yeah. of big plays. And I, th- I think Chris Hogan especially hasn't nearly been as effective this year no. as he was last year. And, of course, Gronkowski hasn't nearly been as effective throughout as this year, as especially as he's been throughout his whole career. Uh some struggles beginning the show in Patriot Land, but let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. Our game of the week, and how oh, could you not make this? Boy, our game was this of the week? a good game! We had the number one ranked defense, Chicago Bears, trying to defend Soldier Field, but maybe some playoff inexperience comes back to bite them. The Philadelphia Eagles. Somehow. How the fuck so- does Nick Foles fucking do it? I don't I understand. don't know, Zach, but somehow oh my the God. Eagles survive 16-15. to 15. Nick Foles did throw for two picks, but a big, if you look at the highlights, a big, big, big second half. No picks, a touchdown, a lot of very good throws, a big game for Foles, also 266 yards through the air. Darren Sproles had a, had a decent game, maybe not on the ground, but he caught the ball a couple of times. Alson Jeffrey made some catches. Uh, Dallas Goddard is another player that comes to mind, made a big catch on that drive at the end of the game where they scored that uh, now basically game-winning touchdown. Stayed on his feet, made a big play on second and 10, and that got him the first down. And the Bears, no, no, no slight to the Bears either. Mitch Trubisky had a really great game, 303 yards and a touchdown. Allen Robinson probably had his best game as a Bear so far. 10 receptions for 143 yards and a touchdown. His best game as a Bear, in my opinion, so far for him this year. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it came down to one man. And sadly, this man was one of the worst kickers in the NFL. Cody Parkey! You bum! Put your head back down. You hit the upright. And, you know, listen, I hear a lot of people saying... That you know it was deflected, but if you if you want my opinion on the issue, if you have to slow down the game film to as slow as people were having to say to say that people uh, you know the Eagles D lineman had to get a finger, uh, like it was like his middle finger or something to hand on it. If you want my opinion, the kick was already going way too far left. Anyway, Hester didn't affect that kick like people thought he did. Yeah, this kick was probably going too far left anyway. Maybe maybe would have gone on the inside. Maybe I don't know. But I think he pulled it too far left anyway. And obviously we had the double doink. Obviously hit the hit the left crossbar, then hit the bottom crossbar, bounces out, and the Eagles survive 16-15. to They will move on for a rematch with the Saints in New Orleans in the bayou 
Will the magic continue for uh, the here's my Here's my take on this yeah. game. All right. So, the way I watched it, pretty uneventful. Defense dominated for a while. Uh, end of the fourth quarter, uh, things started picking up. The Bears defense, you could tell they were they were lacking the secondary. Sherrick McKinnon was on Golden Tate when yeah. they got that fourth and goal. And that just shows how depleted they were. You don't put a fucking nickel corner, third string corner in in that situation. And you'll wonder why the bum got burnt. You know, you put... <laughs> You have, like, I know some of our stars are out, but you you have a starter in there or at least swip swap someone to be on goal and in that situation. Because if you look at the play setup, there was only one place that ball could have even gone. Mm-hmm. The whole play was designed to go to goal and yeah. I watched this play broken down. Oh, yeah. Three routes, uh, Al, Al, uh, Nelson Aguilar, mm-hmm. uh, Ertz, and I think Alshon Jeffrey all did streaks straight to the middle and back of the end zone, which pulled the corners and safeties back opening the one up out route lane for Tate. And that's just, I don't understand the coaching, but despite all that bullshit, Mitch Trubisky did enough to win this game. Yeah. He set him up in field goal range with that big play to Robinson. And Cody Parkey, maybe, maybe we feel bad for him. Maybe this wasn't, maybe this wasn't all entirely his fault. He did hit the first kick before the ice, but he shanked the second one. Tip or not, that ball was going way left when he kicked it right off. Uh, and I think the Bears organization needs to look at themselves again. As Joe said, the lack of playoff experience. It's been a minute since they've even been in the playoffs. Uh, a couple years ago, they were in rebuild status. So mm-hmm. big steps for them anyway. Cody Parkey's 2018 stats. He missed seven kicks, 23 of 30, 76%. Mm-hmm. Six times he's hit the uprights. Yeah. That's not just missing. That's hitting the uprights. And that's not even including XPs he yeah. missed, extra points he missed. I think at some point, going into the playoffs, most playoff games come down to a kick. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know this, and there's offense, defense, special teams. And I think the Bears organization fucked up when they put Cody Parkey as their kicker because they paid the man, what, well, $11 mm-hmm. million or something? A lot of money, mm-hmm. and he's not good. No. 76%, that is terrible. Yeah. The average kicking percentage should be high 80s, low 90s. Yes. That's where pro bowlers, that's where you need a consistent kicker. He's way below that. And all I can say is, the Bears fucked up. That's the all Bears. I can say. The that's Bears. all I can say. I think, you know what, and you know, the Bears take a huge step forward this year. They were 5-11 and 11 last year. This year, go 12-4. and four. Obviously, a team that can dominate the NSU North possibly years to come. Mm-hmm. Vikings are still better, but it looks like with their rivals in the Packers, and obviously there's the uh, unfortunate situation in the Lions. So we're not going to talk about the poor Detroit Lions. We're not going to beat down on them anymore. They don't even know what the playoffs look like. Yeah, the poor Lions. But anyway, uh, there's a lot of steps for being made for the Bears, but the Eagles survive, go to New Orleans. I mean, Doug Peterson, Alshon Jeffrey, Darren Sproles is your number one running back right now. Not Corey Clement? Uh, Clark Clement's injured, Zach. Really? Yeah, he's still hurt. Dang. It's <laughs> unfortunate. So, yeah, Darren Sproles right now is still one of your number one running backs. Glad Adams. He's still, yeah, they don't, they, it's been Sproles. It's been Sproles. They've been using him the Just most. Just Sproles. Like, not Jess Sproles. Is he? He's, he's 33. Damn. It was a game of the midgets. I mean, Tariq Cohen and Darren Sproles both <laughs> yeah. had a pretty good game. Well, they're both 5'5 five, five or something. Yeah, small. Not a lot they're of they're shorter than me. But, I mean,. So now we have the divisional round is set. 
The Colts will go to Kansas City in the AFC. Should be a good game. That's it should be a good I'm, game. I'm keying on that game. Zach, so you're going to be keying on that game? Yeah, that's your That's your key well, game of the week? Colts were my Super Bowl pick, if you that remember. Is, that is correct. So. Colts were your Super Bowl pick. They look like a different team. And I think I, I heard, I, when I was watching this NFL like playoff preview video, I think there was this very good quote, quote I heard from this guy I watched. He said, the Colts are a very hot team right now. Either they burn out or they burn you. And I think this Chiefs game is going to be... That deciding factor. Absolutely. And oh. obviously in the other AFC matchup, yeah. you've got the Chargers against the Patriots. Like I said, I'm really focusing a lot on that one. I think that has a lot of potential to be a really, really good game of football. I like it a lot. I can't. I, I really don't want to see the Patriots in another championship. They don't. They didn't deserve it this year. And the Chargers better smack them in the mouth and show them that they're a mm-hmm. weak team. And this might be the end of Brady. And We're beginning to see the slope of the dynasty. Obviously... A lot of conversation happened last year yeah. at the end. Do you remember about Patriot division and the Patriots? A lot of stuff was talked about. So we'll have to see NFC. What's your, what's your big? What would be your favorite NFC oh, game? Eagles Saints. Eagles, Eagles Saints for you. Absolutely, I think Cowboys and Rams is going to be a good game. But the storyline has to be Eagles Saints. I mean, uh, the former Super Bowl champs trying mm-hmm. to. It would be, we talked about this, the storyline it would write, if Nick Foles got into the playoffs, he did, he won a game, he's still here, he's yeah. right back where he was last year, if he can handle business against the Saints, who's to say they can't do it who's again? Who's to say they can't do it again? And I think a lot of people would be very happy and angry if the Saints lose this game. This should be a slaughter. And, and despite what happens, despite what happens, no matter the outcome, I'm going to say right now, mm-hmm. Nick Foles has the ability. I can't. It might be luck. It might be God on the Philly side, which mm-hmm. Lord knows why God would be on Philadelphia's <laughs> side. Lord knows why God would be on Philadelphia's side. But Nick Foles has the ability to change the way teams play. The Rams look like a different team when they play Nick Foles. The Bears look like a different team when they play Nick Foles. Teams, I can't ask, The Patriots, Tom Brady had that weird fumble in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Plays that don't happen in usual games in usual game it's like a luck charm or something nick falls falls magic they call it yeah it's not like fitz magic though because it stays around for the whole postseason not just three games and i think something about nick falls if we see the saints come limping out it's because of that i i don't know what it is any nfl analyst will tell you the numbers go down when they play the eagles in the playoffs no one knows why though there shouldn't be any reason for it the whole team rallies around this underdog quarterback who would be subpar in any other situation but the playoffs Mm. the switch flips like i said and something about it it makes no sense but i that's the only way the saints lose this game on paper they should kill him. It should yeah. be just like earlier in the season. Even with Wentz, what, they beat him by 40 or something? 41. It was 45. I was like 45 to 7 or something. It like should that. be a slaughter. The Saints are home. I I made a mistake. I thought the Saints were hosting the Super Bowl this year. No. It's which... in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I didn't even realize the difference between the Mercedes-Benz Superdome Mercedes-Benz yeah, Stadium. Yeah, it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia this Pisses year. Pisses a lot of Falcons and Saints fans off, by the way. Yeah. If you ran Argo on it. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yes, because... <laughs> They don't uh, want to share the stamina. Yeah, let's, let's that aside, to, that aside. <laughs> that's the only way the Saints choke this, and they better knock the Eagles out. Mm, hey, you know what? It's got to be said, this is a big test for what I think a lot of people have been calling the de facto Super Bowl champs. It's very hard to beat the Saints at home in the playoffs. If the Eagles can pull it off, I think they're going to become a lot of people's Super Bowl favorites again. 
If they can't, it shows that the Saints are probably the real deal this year and they're ready to go. But of course, when it comes to the NFL offseason now for a couple of teams, that comes to coaching changes. And uh, just today and throughout the past couple of days, we've had some announced. So we're going to talk about those for a little bit before we end out here today. So, of course, some of the bigger news that came out only about two hours ago. Freddie Kitchens, the, who at the beginning of this past year started as the running backs coach for the Cleveland Browns. Guys, I'm going to put as the OC after Todd Haley was fired and build up what became the ninth best defense after a horrific start. Became the ninth best offense in football. He is now the new head coach of a rebuilt, retooled, and ready-to-go Cleveland Browns. Greg Williams, who was interming, is out as altogether. He will not be back, so the Browns are now on the mark for the D coordinator, and Freddie Kitchens is the new head coach. Any comments you think on that, Zach, uh, on uh, Freddie Kitchens becoming the head coach? I don't – I'm kind of indifferent on it so far. Mm-hmm. But one question I have for Cleveland is, did Williams do that terrible of a job? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Racked up a few wins. I mean, did you have any issues with Greg Williams? Well, I mean, I, I didn't have any issues with him per se as a head coach, but if you look, he still controlled the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. They had some games. It wasn't good. They were very bad on third down. Uh, the linebacking core. Uh, he, could, think, he could rally him, though. He could rally him, but I think Kitchen's shown to rally that offense, and I think I understand the Browns' move. They want to keep that offense rolling. Uh, I think it seems that obviously that Baker and Nick Chubb have good relationships with Freddie, obviously, it yeah. seems like. It's a lot to build on for the future. So I'm yeah. indifferent until I see otherwise. Yeah, so another head coach. And this, uh, oh, uh, what do you want, who do you want to talk about, Fred? Head coach. Do the head yeah. coaches, yeah. So, I mean, Vic Farg- Fargio. Mm-hmm. Bit of a surprise one. I believe he was the Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Yep. Bit of a surprise one for me. Uh, is the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Expected to be the head coach. So. Expected. Very yeah. likely you'll see it. Yeah. Uh, this one, again, that to me comes as a bit of a surprise. I don't think it's the worst hire on this list by far. I don't think it's anywhere near the best. I think it's a high risk, high reward. Uh, if if Fargio shows that he can be a good coach and help uh, turn around that Broncos offense a little bit, turn it a little bit more balanced, I think. They need a culture more change. More props to anyway, him. So. I think they definitely need a culture change on offense, especially, I think, Vance Joe, uh, a more. We talked about this, I think, week 15 or, week 15 or 16 yeah. recap, too. Yeah. Vance Joseph's a little bit too, you know, conservative. conservative. Uh, Fargio, I think they're probably going to hope that he brings a little bit more of a, uh, sus- you know, suspenseful, well, exciting. He's used to Mike Jackson yeah. just flying down the field, so we'll see if he can see bring this, that spark. And then in Green Bay, another surprise hire for a lot of people. Matt LaFleur, uh, head coach, uh, former offensive Offense coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. You know them well, Zach. Do you think oh, this yes. comes as a surprise hire to you? Uh, no, I, I saw this coming. Uh, they were talk, discussing this in the Colts-Titans game week 17 on Sunday Night Football. Uh, LaFleur, uh, he's a tricky offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. I know the Titans pretty well. Uh, he likes he likes to use uh, downhill backs. Mm. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how – I think it's – Williams, right? Williams. Yeah, like, yeah. Or do we maybe go get someone else in the yeah, offseason? We'll, we'll see what happens in the offseason. But uh, the Packers, uh, not, I mean, besides Rodgers, now he has a quarterback to work with, which is a few steps up from Mariota. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got more wideouts to work with. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes on it, but not a shocking hire at all. I mean, LaFleur, uh, he's got the Titans to a 9-7 record back-to-back years. 
Um, and that's credit to the ground and pound style he had. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that translates into Green Bay. Uh, but I don't mind it. Okay, and then the next head coaching hire to me, this is the worst hire out of the bunch. This is also the most wild kind of hire out of the bunch, and to me, this is the worst. It kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I saw it, and I was kind of surprised. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, the former head coach at Tennessee, um, uh, Texas Tech University, yep. uh, was going to be the offensive coordinator for USC, but then was inquired for some reason about a whole lot of head coaching uh, t- jobs in the NFL, chooses the Cardinals, and to me, this is a bad hire, Zach. To me, this is a bad hire. Kingsbury never really showed any success at Texas Tech, and I know it's Texas Tech. you got to compete with schools like Oklahoma, TCU, Texas. For, for top recruits, and I know you're going to be near that bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. But he's had some disappointing seasons with quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield in one season. He never really got to the next level. I think the Cardinals are hoping they can maybe work some magic with Rosen. But I don't think he's ready to be an NFL head coach yet. He's 32. I know a lot of teams are trying to go that young head coach route. But in my opinion, this is a bad hire. This is not a smart hire by the Cardinals. I think it's an organization that seems to be very much on the downturn from what it was a couple of years ago. And, of course, it's all beginning to change of the course. What was now their old head coach and now new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians, which in my I opinion... Like, I like this pick. This, this is my favorite hire out of the list yeah. so far, too. For right now, this is one of my favorite hires, Arians. He's been on a football for a year. He's been in the commentator's booth for CBS, but now he's back with the Buccaneers. And in my opinion, that's a, good, that's a great hire. Uh, there's a lot of talk that Todd Bowles has, might, be, might have been convinced to come to Tampa Bay as a defensive coordinator, which when he was a defensive coordinator with the Seahawks, he I was like great. I like that, though. I like Todd Bowles as a defense coordinator, not, not a, a head, head coach. coach. But as a defensive coordinator, he seems to get the work done. Yeah. I think this is a great hire, in my opinion, by the yeah. Buccaneers, a team that has been struggling with head coaching hires the last couple of years. I mean, Greg Schiano. Dirk Cutter now. I mean, if you, Bruce Arians, you saw what the Cardinals were with the new coach this year. Mm-hmm. Terrible. It's amazing how competitive they were the last couple seasons with that with Bruce Arians. I mean, at I mean, if home. you compare the year to year, like the Arians rosters weren't that, that different. different from this year to the previous yeah. year. Arians made that team eight and eight. This year they go three and thirteen. And it's coach overall pick. It is coaching. So, that could definitely positively impact Tampa Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's. Some of the new coaching carousels. Yeah. Um, Zach wanted to include this little fact. Yeah, I wanted to here. note. I wanted to note something that could maybe be a little bit uh, interesting league news wide. Uh, mm-hmm. The Jags picked up uh, ex uh, Seattle Seahawks running back Thomas Rawls. I think he was on the Jets for a short mm-hmm. stint too. Mm-hmm. Um, this Rawls has always had potential, and this shows shows the willingness of Jags to get another running back. Maybe the Fournette rumors aren't rumors. And again, with my own team. Looking more and more likely that Antonio Brown is going to be traded from yeah. the Steelers. Some big, big a lot of storylines. A lot of moves are going. It sounds like are going to be happening. Ben's contract is reportedly going to be restructured to make less cap room, to make some more cap room. A lot of talk that Boswell's contract might be restructured to keep more cap room. Uh, a lot of stuff here, and the signs kind of begin to show that Antonio Brown might just be in the conversation. But that's a talk for another episode. Right now, that is it for the Wild Card Weekend Roundup here on Z Dunks and the Wild Man. That is it this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Keep listening. Keep watching. We're keeping on going all the way to the Super Bowl. 
And ladies and gentlemen, let's do this. Let's do this. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And they, we will see you next time.